almost the weekend. Blah, 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 blah. The One final. Year. <laughs> the, the final. <laughs> the final weekend. Yeah, the final weekend. We made it. We oh, made yeah. it to the one year mark. Did we miss a week? We didn't miss a week, hey? We, did, we didn't miss a week. And to celebrate, we're going to do our top 52 It's Almost the Weekend podcasts. No, no. <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought about that. I was looking through the episodes and I was like, maybe we should do a memory lane. Oh, my God. I, I honestly, like, whenever I think of a new topic, like, I have to check and make sure we haven't done it before. Like, I feel like I can remember remember the last five topics we did, and then that's it. My memory is just not there anymore. Yeah, right. I, I feel like my, I have terrible normal memory, but if it's, like, recalling if we've done something already, then it's good, you know? Amazing. So, like, I'll be able to tell if we've done an episode or not, but not have to look at the list. But if you ask me to name a single episode, I probably could not. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good to be here. It's, uh, I'm all cozy. I got a jumper. I got a blanket. I'm huddled up to the microphone like it's a warm fire. Yeah, right. Um, how are you, Joe? I'm good. Yeah, it's warm here in my land, so I'd have mm. no such thing. We're in a t-shirt. Dog sits in the sun. It's sort of cozy, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I had a good week. Um, took Zeus to the vet yesterday. He, uh, he's been itching and scratching as per usual, but um, thought we'd try go back and see if we can get some more meds for him. And man, the anti-itch medication that you can get for dogs—that shit is expensive. Mm. It's like a lot of money for yeah some tablets. Yeah. Um, so, so that's Poor fun. Zeus. I feel. Yeah, I know. He's all right. He's all right. Um, yeah, I feel like everyone's been wanting about $1,000 from me this week. Everyone <laughs> has just been like in my inbox. Hey, you know, here's your car registration. It's almost $1,000. Here's your home insurance. That's about $1,000. Here's your uh, car insurance. That's almost $1,000. You know, just like, everyone's just rocking up. And then like the tax man, he sends me an email and he's like, hey, you run that that business? Yeah. Uh, Preemptive tax. He's a uh, about a thousand dollars. Like yeah, sick. I haven't earned any money on that business all year, but cool. I'll pay tax. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great. Just just you know, so, just hemorrhaging I, money at this point. Oh my you want a thousand dollars, Darian? Um, I mean, look. I feel like now is the wrong time to ask. I'll uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll keep that one in the bank. Maybe give you a couple of months. Um, all right. So. What have you been doing to to assuage these debts? Are you are you indulging in escapism? Are you are you playing? Uh, I don't know a certain video game that you've already played and you really love to uh, escape reality. <laughs> yeah, I have. I um upon learning about the tax office one, I went to the comic book shop and uh, they had a bunch of new Chainsaw Man uh, merch, and so I bought some of that. Oh my uh, god! Fantastic. Yeah, just sp- spending money to <laughs> to make myself feel better about losing money. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I got like a little dingy doing the peace sign um, dude and a little power like sit on your edge of the desk or sits on the edge of the desk, the chibi style thing. I'll send you a photo at some point. Yeah, please do. Take a photo. Um, but yeah, no, I've been playing some video games. I played a bunch of Death Stranding this week. Just hell a yeah. Um, that game's so good. That game's just such a good time. I'm playing the the director's cut, and every now and then something new will show up, like a new mm-hmm. mission or like a new piece of gear, or like um, I feel like there's different areas, but maybe I just didn't explore them the first time I played the game. But I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not very clear on what the differences were. I mean, yeah, I, I me watched neither. that trailer for the director's cut and the trailer was like super cool and it seemed to have missions that were kind of inside a base or something. I don't yeah. I don't remember a lot of interior stuff going on in that game. Yeah, there's the um they have the firing range now, which is like you get to try out a bunch of different weapons and and uh gear and do like online leaderboard time trialy things so it'll be like oh, hey yeah. kill these five guys and you've got like a bowler gun you've got to run around and kill them or whatever and there's like a time timer See. Um, and that's kind of the that's kind of the extent of those ones i actually haven't been messing with those at all i played a couple of them and i was like this isn't as good as the main game it's sort of just like the part of the game that i like the least which is like the shooting yeah sure um, packaged up and there's supposed to be a racing mode, but I haven't found that yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, that's great. I feel like uh, if you're going to re-release your video game that isn't that old, you should have a bunch of fun with it and just put in a bunch of modes that maybe don't even make sense in the context of what the game is actually about. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, there's also a bunch of stuff that is cool, like new bits of gear, Um I feel like they rework some of the AI, like the, um, what do you call them? The mules, the baddies that you encounter in the, um, the human baddies that you encounter are like kind of smarter. Like they're, they'll mm -hmm. try and flank you a bit more and like they've got turrets that they shoot out of now. And um, I had a moment while I was playing the other night where like all I had on me was like a, a lethal pistol or a lethal assault rifle. And so like this mule was shooting at me and I had to shoot back. Otherwise he, uh, he would have killed me or, you know, mm -hmm. mess with my cargo in a bad way. Mm -hmm. um and so i had to shoot him and he died and oh, it was fuck. like you know die hard man or whatever gets on the radio and he's like you gotta get rid of that body otherwise it'll trigger a void out and i was like Thug. <laughs> um, how do first... you even know what i'm doing die hard yeah. <laughs> yeah, man dude. i'm fucking out here in the desert the post-apocalyptic <laughs> desert and you just chime in i saw you shoot that bullet sam yeah 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 how i guess he's in the cufflinks or something there's a little camera in there cufflink oh. cam yeah, that would be right. He's just watching your progress 24-7, the little voyeur. Yeah, just with his pants down. Anyway, um, and yeah, so he was like, clean up that mess, Sam. And so I was like looking on the map, couldn't see an incinerator. Um, oh, so I just took the body and put it by like another mule camp so that the mule camp would have the explosion oh nearby. Oh my God, that's so baller. Yeah, and then as I was like doing another delivery, I saw like the chimney or like the smokestack of the incinerator. I was like, oh, there it is. And so like I went back and picked up the body and got rid of it. Oh man, um, I would have but... loved to have seen what that would have done. I never thought of using dead bodies as like an offensive tool in that game, but that's actually a really cool idea. Yeah, I think, well, you mentioned it to me one time that we were talking about it. I was like, I'm going to give this a go, but then I just never did. Uh, I just mm. chickened out. Chickened out, Darian. Chickened out. <laughs> um, By the way, this know. this is the podcast. Like, this anniversary special, we're just chilling. Oh, yeah. We're just chilling yeah, yeah. all day long. No, this is not going to be a 24-hour podcast, but yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine we do a 24-hour stream? Just like, oh, God, that would be hellish. I couldn't do it, yeah. Darian. I couldn't do it. One day. It depends what we were doing. If we were playing, like, every FromSoft game, I could do it. Yeah. Or what if we played Factorio for 24 hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by what I know about that game, I think that's definitely possible. Oh, that would actually be extremely good. Just lock myself in, in my study and just... <laughs> 
go into the hyperbolic time chamber and play Factorio <laughs> with you for 24 hours and come out wizened, <laughs> wizened and, you know, everyone else is barely aged, but I am extremely old and experienced now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the opposite of a hyperbolic time chamber? Oh, yeah. I always forget which way around it is, but yeah, that, that one, sure. <laughs> everyone else is old, but I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um, yeah i also been playing another game what have i been playing something else oh i played a little bit of metal gear rising revengeance again um oh such nice a, such a good game um and yeah that's been pretty much it for the video games this week i think yeah not, nothing too crazy what about you what have you been nice. doing nice nice um yeah dude i've been playing a lot of video games this week i don't know what's going on for me but i just decided this week is the week where i just like bunker down and play shit loads mm. um i played that citizen sleeper um, oh yeah i played a bit of that too but not enough to have it be on the list right okay yeah um yep really excited to talk about that in a couple of weeks that was that was a very interesting game mm. um I started playing Signalis. Oh, yes. Um, I, I played for two hours, and I want to like it so much, Oh, Joe. no, you don't I like it. I want to like it so much. <laughs> okay, so, like, just let's get the basics out of the way. The vibe, the atmosphere, the art, the sound design, it's all incredible. It really is. Um, but, man, the gameplay... Um, and I know what they're going for, you know, they're doing the Silent Hill thing and that's yeah. cool. Like the way you move your character is fine. The shooting, that's all good. Um, but, but the actual like progression is just not for me, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think it's for me to say like, it's, it's bad. Cause I think a lot of people will like it, but like it's based on observation rather than like logic it's kind of like what we were talking about with puzzle games last week yeah yeah whereas yeah. like it's all about finding things and like the one puzzle that i've done so far which was actually a puzzle was awesome it was like picking a lock all the information was right there and you just need to figure it out um but the rest of the game is about like finding keys and the items don't glint like they do in something like Dead Space or Bioshock. And right. I'm just, I'm really bad at using my eyes, you know, like <laughs> I just suck at it. And so I just, you know, the last three times where I picked it up, I'm in this same area looking through oh, every room and right. I'm just like, this is, this is not fun. This is not a good time. Fair, um, fair. Yeah. And I think a big issue for me is that at least so far it's linear. And so yeah. like to get into the butterfly box, you need these two broken keys and you put the keys together and you open the box and that's the only way to get into the box. And I oh, feel right. like yeah. it would be a lot better for unobservant idiots like me if there are a couple of ways to get into the box and it, it you know, yeah, it just... Ugh. I wanted to like it so bad because that first hour was great. Like, you know, nothing was particularly hidden. You yeah. know, you walk into a room and everything you can interact with is fairly obvious. It's still not always obvious, but, yeah. you know, yeah. it wasn't like egregious. But now I'm like, it feels like I'm into the game proper. And like, I basically just like when I enter a room, I just walk around hitting A because it's oh. <laughs> it's not clear what's interactable and what wow. isn't. 
That's interesting. So when I was playing it, maybe it was just the mood I was in or something as well. I'm not sure. But I found that as I moved through the level, I just naturally was guided to or found the thing that I needed to find. And mm. if I didn't on the way back, I would probably find it. You know, it would be like, oh, I didn't see it on my first scan. I'll go back through. Oh, I didn't see this door. Shit. I'll go through that door. Uh, and then right. the thing is often in there. Are you, are you using the map? Yeah, I'm using the map. Like, it's yeah. not, I'm having no issue finding doors. It's like right. finding the key items within rooms. Right. Um, ah, which is, weird. Yeah. I mean, Interesting. when we played Silent Hill, I was able to hide my inability to see things behind your ability to see things. Because <laughs> even when I was playing, you'd be like, oh, what's that? And I could go oh, and check it right. out. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, and yeah. so, like, when, you know, if I was playing with Phoebe or something, that'd be sick. Um, but I just, man, I don't know what it is. I just have a really hard time, you know, and it's just frustrating for me yeah, because that's not it. actually like looking for things isn't fun for me. It's like yeah. playing Where's Waldo when yeah. I want to solve a puzzle and yeah, yeah. I know there's puzzles here because like I've solved a puzzle and it was cool. And I was just like, man, either give me a couple of different ways to progress or just make it about the puzzles and not about the yeah. looking. <laughs> Yeah, but like, that's so interesting because I like I never found it about. Oh, actually, no. Once there was one time I found it about the looking. Uh, mm. There's like a puzzle towards the end where this room is like mostly dark and filled with barbed wire, and even if you have the torch item, you still can't really see where you need to go. Oh, and there's God. like a, a message that like says something along the lines of you need to like hurt yourself to progress. And I didn't really understand that. I thought it was just like in theme with the story or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, but you're right. actually supposed to like run through the barbed wire and like head through into the darkness. And I was like, oh, how was I supposed to know that? You know, like <laughs> it just looks like blackness out there. And there's other rooms where there's just blackness and you can't progress through it. And so I was just like, oh, stupid. I had, like that was the one time I had to look it up and be like, okay, that's where I need to go. Um, but yeah, it's uh, for the most part, I found it more about the puzzles and I was like struggling with a few of them, especially towards the end. The puzzles get really like broad and they span the entire level and the la the, the level is large and there's too right. many enemies and not enough bullets, um, which I think is like a good thing. But when the level's too large, it becomes like overwhelming and, not, mm. and that was kind of the drawback for me with that game. It was like, you know, I kind of know what the puzzle needs to do. It's just like actually getting around has kind of worn its uh welcome a little bit too much and it's just like oh jesus this is not fun anymore but um for the most part i found like the, the first few hours of that game just like fantastic right yeah i think i've kind of already got to that stage mm -hmm. at, at the beginning um yeah, and like i, I get sure. it you know like i think it's it's you know it's trying to be like spooky scary by having you feel like oh no i've got to go back to that room because i didn't give it a good enough look yeah and that's that's cool because like the enemies are scary and the like industrial music is really cool and like the sound design is really good like yeah it's one of those games for me where i'm just like man there's so much to love here but like actually playing it is a pain in the ass for me <laughs> yeah right that's fair enough i get it i, I totally get it um yeah yeah Man, if we had to play it together, it would have been would have been a good time, I reckon. <laughs> would have been amazing. Would have yeah. been amazing. Yeah. Oh, well. um, okay. Maybe maybe another time. Um, yeah. There we go. Back. But uh, yeah, what else have I been playing? Oh, I finally um, started playing Guilty Gear. You know those oh, fighting games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Strive is is the newest one, but they're like 
it's a big series of like fighting games with an anime style and the animation is always fucking popping. Yeah, yeah. Um, incredible and, animations oh dude i suck so hard like it's an actual <laughs> fighting game yeah you know with combos and like the first tutorial you do is like how to dash forward yep. and you like tap the direction twice where you want to dash and i just couldn't do it like yep. i couldn't do that tutorial so i've just been like button mashing in the campaign oh, right. and yep. it's been really fun but i can't actually play the game <laughs> Dude, so speaking of Guilty Gear, I'm, I'm, so have you played any of the other ones or just Strive? Nah, just Strive. I mean, I've known about them and I've like seen gameplay from them. Um, but yeah, I've never got my hands on one until now. Yep. Um, so I saw that it was on Game Pass and I was like, hey, Roman, Roman's like the lead programmer at the office, an incredible mm-hmm. dude. And uh, mm-hmm. he also loves fighting games. I was like, hey, Strive, we've always wanted to play Strive together. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Let's go play it at lunch today. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to bring in my fight sticks and we'll do it tomorrow. And he brought in like his, you know, the arcade fight oh sticks. Oh my God. That you, you, yeah. And we, we played it. And he was like, just so you know, I'm like, I, I was like number two in Australia at, um, uh, what's that other fighting game? Um, Street Fighter. Uh, so, you know, no hard feelings. <laughs> this is going to be bad for you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, and he also played a little bit of Guilty Gear in the past. He was never ranked at it, but he, you know, he was sweat at it, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, being mm-hmm. a fighting game aficionado. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I want to, I want to learn it uh, a little bit just so I can play with him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it looks. I mean, obviously, the animations are incredible, and it's really fast, dude. That game is so fast. Mm, yeah. I mean, goddamn, I would love to see like someone who's good at it play it because like it's it's just eye candy right like it's yeah. it's less about the fighting for me and just seeing like the moves and the animations yeah. and stuff because they're just i don't know they're just so fluid and natural yeah yeah totally he um he plays that weird character who's got the paper bag on his head that like crawls around have you seen that uh, guy he, the really tall dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's real weird and, and strange um, yeah Dude, the character designs in that game are fucking wild. Like, I was in the campaign and I was, you know, probably playing on easy or some shit and just button mashing my way to victory. And uh, I came up against this character who's like, I don't know, he had all these shadow attacks. So he didn't need to be near you. He could just shadow attack from afar. And like, because I can't even dash. I'm like, oh my God, I can't (laughs) even get to this dude. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, all of the characters and, and the look of it is just so sick. It's just, I mean, it's very anime, but um, yeah, it's just really well realized. Um, yeah. 2D yeah. style fighting game. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if ever you want to button mash in that, I'd, I'd be willing to be your punching bag. Hell yeah. Let me train against someone at my own level for a little while. <laughs> um. So, yeah, man, Citizen Sleeper, Signalos. I'm really sad about Signalos because I've been really excited for it. You've, you've yeah. you know, talked a lot about it. It's been sitting there for ages and I just felt the mood come over me. You know, it was really freezing and raining and wet and I was like, yeah, Signalis. Yeah. And, um, you know, in that first hour, there's a Shining reference and just all this shit that I love. Yeah, <laughs> it's got this jam-packed full of references. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it just sucks that it ended up not being my thing. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right. Like you said, if we, you know, we may get a chance to do it again yeah. uh, at some point, and maybe that, that studio will make another game off the back of Signalis and it will be in a similar style. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember like letting you know that I was starting up, and you were like, "Oh, I wish you could stream it and do." Trust oh, yeah. me, like no living creature would want to watch that stream. <laughs> Just me going to the same room for the fourth time, being like, fuck, did I look hard enough? Like, it yeah. was just the worst. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I was watching the stream, maybe I could have pointed out where you could have gone. Oh, uh, you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. Um, Yeah. Oh, well. Next time, perhaps. Swing and a miss. Yeah. Um. So yeah, look. I mean, we still got we still got the news. Do you wanna do you wanna talk through some news items? I got some news items too. Yeah, I got some news here. Um, oh, before I get into the news though, I just wanted to mention I rewatched um the Tim Rogers episode of Volcano Natsu Yasumi. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like watched it all in one go this time. Um, oh my god. Yeah, that it was so. It's probably one of my favorite videos ever. Just mm. incredible. Mm. Um, yeah. There's that section towards the end, which is just like heart wrenching when he talks about it. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I laughed. I cried. It was great. Um, I I was about to say that video is the most emotional video essay I've ever seen. Yeah. Yep. It's a game about a boy who goes on a holiday. Yeah, and it also has the best advertisement I've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah. Bedtime Island. Like, yep. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw that video way back in the day, I bought that shirt. Oh, did you? That's uh, yeah. awesome. I should like, I could buy not, that stuff. I wonder if it's I still available. Yeah, I could not afford it, but I just fucking bought it immediately because that ad was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, the video is amazing. And then I started watching the Tokyo Maker Memorial video as well, but I haven't finished it yet. But yeah. Mm. Um, and it uh, made me want, and then I, I also went and watched the Death Stranding one hour preview video that Tim did back when he was at Kotaku. Oh yeah. Um, and that, it made me really want a six hour long or, you know, 14 hour long, however long it ends up being Death Stranding action button reviews <laughs> of right. Death Stranding. Cause yeah. yeah, he felt really like it was more of like a, here's the things you can do in Death Stranding, sort of, but I'm not going to say all of them because I don't want to spoil the game because <laughs> I've got the pre-review, pre-release copy. So it was like a really like hamstrung review in a lot of ways. Like it didn't feel yeah. like an actual review. It was more like a, this his, this game that I played, I'm excited about it style. Thing. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Do you, yeah. do you follow White Light? No. White Light is another video essayist and they've got a seven hour Death Stranding review. Oh, hell yeah. I'll probably smash um, that up. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a lot more chill, though. You know, like, Tim Rogers' content is so curated, and it's mm. not to say, like, the white light content is unscripted or whatever, but, like, I mean, Tim Rogers is just the fucking pinnacle, you know what I'm saying? So, like, don't go in expecting Tim Rogers, but it's yeah. a great review, and it's, like, seven hours. So, if you're just looking for that, like, hectic, long-ass video <laughs> review, then that's the ticket. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, hell yeah. So I, I got some news, some chicken, fresh chicken, perhaps. Hell yeah. Um, so there is a Kotaku podcast, speaking of Kotaku. Oh. And and I want to shout them out because I think we should be their friends. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. Um, let me see here. Where did it go? Kotaku, Kotaku. Apparently I don't follow it. I, I got to fix that. <laughs> 
our friend Ruby Innes, who I've mentioned on the pod before, is one of the hosts, as mm-hmm. well as what's their name? David Smith. And and yeah, they do it's more of like a short, like half hour long, here's the news style podcast, but uh it's still good quality and I would love to have either one of them on or either feature on one of their shows at some point. Be be Hell podcast yeah. buddies. Totally. Just wanted to shout them out. Go check out the Taku podcast if you haven't already. Nice. Um, next piece of news is there is a Molly Moon horror game in the works, potentially. It's been hinted at. And Molly Moon is that um, she's actually an OnlyFans model, but she has a TikTok as well. And she does these really strange, like, VHS horror click and point, point and click videos. Oh, that's what you sent me. Yeah. Oh, bro, what the fuck? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I had no idea who Molly Moon was. It made me think of Molly, the Australian person who wears a cowboy hat on TV. Oh, yeah. Molly Meldrum? I I don't know. I don't even know what they do. Like, are they a musician or something? Oh, dude. I don't know what anyone in Australian media actually does. (laughs) (laughs) They just copy and paste posts from reddit as news journalism yeah and then they've also just been on the radio once or twice like it's kind of, <laughs> that's, that seems to be or they did like morning radio that seems to be like the in in this country you know like you become a morning show radio host and then it's like oh now i'm set for life <laughs> yeah, that's very that's very strange i mean that's a whole that's a whole way of being that i have no visibility on whatsoever yeah I mean, I only see on the fringes of society by watching the evening news in, in, with Jamie. Anyway, um, so uh, indie horror developer Airdorf um, have teased on Twitter a GIF, which appears to be a full game earlier this week. In the wow. GIF, uh, pigtailed moon stares at three tarot cards um, while another three face the player. Airdorf, Moon, and Monster Prom producer Jesse Cox are all involved. Um the cards reveal when you read them backwards that the, those people are involved. Um, and so, yeah, it looks, yeah. I mean, every every time she posts one of these videos on TikTok, it, it's like, this would be an amazing horror game. Please make a horror game. And so it feels hmm. like such a, a nice natural next step. Um, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I love, I love the idea of like someone using TikTok or whatever just to like, make fake video game content and yeah. then it comes to fruition that's fucking cool as hell yeah yeah i think i might have told you a while ago there was that um uh what were they called the oh god my brain is starting to fail me again <laughs> uh the little coins you could get from the cats on tiktok oh, i can't remember what they were called oh, bro anyway we'll call them coins and um every every now and then like a cat would show up and be like hey you want some coins and or they'd be like hey come to my shop and you can buy stuff um and people like made apps to track the you know how many coins you had um and so there's another example of just like weird arg things happening on a video app um that turned into things you know turned into actual products like apps right okay interesting oh, i can't remember what it was called anyway next piece of news moving hastily along <laughs> Uh, the finals had its closed beta over the last week or so. Uh, and the finals is by a whole studio of X, um, Battlefield 2024 20, or 20, whatever it is, Battlefield devs. Uh-huh. 
Um, and so it's pretty obvious when you see the game, um, because this is a very similar looking style thing. However, this is the first game to have like basically fully destructible environments as an online shooter. Right. I mean, isn't, wasn't that the battlefield gimmick yeah. though? Yeah. For, well, they're, for they're... like decades now. Yeah, so their environments have always been semi-destructible, you know, like you can like blow up the skyscraper and or like play the skyscraper blowing up animation. Or uh-huh. there'll be like specific buildings that have chunks of them that you can blow out. Um, but in the finals, it seems as though there's just like way more of that kind of destruction. Like you can just right. like blow holes in walls and like the whole thing is like using the destruction as a part of the way in which you approach like a strategic advantage. So you can like, it's sort of like that mode in Titanfall 2 where you like bank money at the bank. Uh-huh. It's a similar concept. But the bank is like, say it's on like the top floor of one of the buildings. You can like blow out the floor below the bank and it will drop the bank into the, the flo- oh. floor. Beneath. Oh, that sounds very cool. Yeah. So there's lots of that style stuff going on. I really like the art. I think it looks really cool. Um, and I, I tried to get the in, in on the beta, but I don't think I did. Okay. Um, but it's really weird. So this is just like a, a being online thing, but mm-hmm. there's all sorts of opinions about the, you know, uh, lifespan of this game already, just based on how it looks. Um, <laughs> people are being like, I can see this game being dead in two weeks and being like, this game looks like it's already dead. And I really want to do an episode about dead games. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or how games die. I think that's really interesting. And it's also like, seems to be just like, it's it's like it's also it's almost like a meme before it memes you know before it, it even like I don't know it seems like you know whenever whenever you hear like kids these days talk about you know Fortnite or whatever they're like dead game or that you talk about like <laughs> Among Us or whatever it's like yeah dead game it still has like you know millions of players um, yeah same with Fortnite it's like still popping um, it's just like you know what's not a dead game what <laughs> what, what game on release isn't dead yeah uh, well why, i feel like we... if you if you were to cover something like that the the biggest case study would be fall of babylon oh yeah that yeah. square enix live service that didn't even last a year and just like was this ridiculous cash cow where you had to buy everything and then it closed like i want to say a couple of weeks after yeah. the studio released like this big roadmap. And, and then, like, a couple of weeks later, they're like, oh, look, we're shutting everything down, you know, on this date, and there will be no refunds. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Square Enix. I, I, yeah. I want to do, like, a, um, you know, like, a man undercover style <laughs> video <laughs> where I, like, go into the studios and, like, figure out what exactly is going on. Oh, my um, God. Because it's such a strange company to me. Um, yeah, that that's a great point, that online service games and Square Enix especially being real weird about all that sort of stuff but um, it is a free game the finals and so there is battle pass and all that sort of garbo but um, I'm still keen to give it a little little try I mean yeah free game free got nothing game. to lose yeah I guess that's the problem anyway um, <laughs> Before Your Eyes that game that you mentioned a while ago I think it was in your top 10 or top 5 or something um, yeah is getting a fresh set of eyes uh, with a v- PSVR 2 port on March 10th. Ah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that'd that be a great game in VR. Yeah, I think it's cool because, you know, prior to you talking about it, I hadn't heard anyone talk about it, and it's not exactly a new game. 
Mm. Um, but now that it's getting, it's one of the only things on the PSVR 2, it's getting a whole bunch of chatter about it and how it's such an interesting, cool concept. And I'm glad that they're, um, that they're getting the, the attention they probably deserve. Totally. Yeah. Incredible game. Um, and it's, I mean, PR, VR is perfect for that because like the whole game is just you looking around basically. Yeah. So like, yeah, if you can just be in VR and like move your head to look around, I mean, that's the game. Yeah. And the VR two has the eye tracking, so it tracks your blinking as well. So, oh my God, yeah. that sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there is two more stories, but I'm going to let you go to do your bit of news because they're a little bit uh, not exactly news. They're more just like stuff I want to talk about. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, well, I got... Oh, look, I got a couple of shit stories. We'll leave those till next week. Um, okay. I got... Yeah, I got some I got some good ones. Um, so, famed comedian Bob Odenkirk, um, who you may know as Saul from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Saul. yeah, yeah. He has starred in a remake of The Room um, for charity. Oh. Oh. So that it's all shot. It's all done. He loved the experience. It's going to come out soon. Oh, Just wow. A straight up remake of The Room. Bob Odenkirk stars as Tommy Wiseau. And uh, yeah. Is Tommy to Wiseau that. involved in all, at all? Apart from probably taking a cut? This is the the only piece of news I could find about this was Bob wow. Odenkirk tweeting that it was real and that production is over. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, super, super keen to see that. And, like, I just, I love Bob Odenkirk. I think he's a fantastic actor and he's really kind of, like, you know, he, he was a, a big comedian in the 90s and, and stuff, but I feel like in the last five years he's just been in a lot of movies and like you know better call saul is just so critically acclaimed and it's just awesome to see him finding like a kind of a higher echelon of success yeah that's awesome i saw another show that's starring him recently it was advertised to me oh yeah i can't remember what it was called something like bob's bad luck or something something about about luck uh that sounds right yeah, I really need to watch Better Call Saul. Everyone that talks to me about it is like, bro, you got to watch this, the best show I've ever seen in my life. And so, <laughs> it, yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. And, like, I mean, especially having seen and having liked Breaking Bad, I mean, you're actively doing yourself a disservice by not watching it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. All right, then. Yeah, it's incredibly good. And I would, okay. I would rate it higher than Breaking Bad. Yeah, wow. Okay. All right. um, oh my god speaking of things that i rate highly i've started watching the last of us tv series yeah yeah it's good hey oh my god i can't believe how good it is i mean maybe just because i went in being so cynical of like the video game to tv or movie translation yeah um but this is fantastic uh i just watched episode three not gonna spoil yep. anything yep. remarkable television yeah it's, how good was it it's like a long form episode. It's yep. like an hour and 20 minutes, which is like pretty long for, for an episode of television. And like they establish new characters and like they just do all these incredible things in an hour and 20 minutes. And I was just blown away. I just yeah. can't 
believe that we finally have something like <laughs> truly excellent that's related to a video game <laughs> you know yeah and i mean they're doing the exact thing that you always talk about when it's like oh how do we adapt this ip is like don't adapt everything in the ip just take the world you know take mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. take that sort of setting and just do something with it i think that's exactly exactly what that episode did i mean they took one of the characters and but then they just like you know went ham yeah. um and it was really cool yeah episode three was great yeah yeah really really loved it and just there is something to be said about neil Druckmann, you know writing and directing the the game and also writing and directing the tv series like that what an incredible vision to have because mm -hmm. the storytelling across those mediums is so different yeah and it feels like they're doing such a good job at making it work for television and so yeah very impressed if you're if you're kind of um unsure about diving in because video game ips have burnt you in the past this um this doesn't appear to be one of them i mean i've only seen three episodes but still they've been great did Druckmann direct all of it? I thought he was only, like, directing an episode here and there. I'm not sure. Yeah. That I, I might be wrong. Yeah, no, it's like classic TV where there's not really any one director for the whole series. Right. Um, he, he just directs an episode here and there. But even yeah. so, for, like, um, someone to come in and direct an episode of television that doesn't direct movies and television or even music videos like that is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels, feels very well directed and it's like consistent between episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with that show and the actors and everything. It's It's been really cool to see. Yeah, see how they've done it. Um, and I, I'm actually a couple of episodes behind. I need to, I need to catch up uh, so I don't get spoiled. Oh, I mean, I, I know what happens in the show, but still, I don't want to see those gifs. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um... And so what else have I got here? Oh, there's a new Alien movie in the works. Oh, what? Um, so this is kind of separate, or it, it sounds like it's going to be separate from Ridley Scott's fucking sequelitis meltdown. Where hey, he... hey, I didn't like, I, I like those movies. <laughs> Dude, Prometheus is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I it's, didn't mind Prometheus. <laughs> oh, it's atrocious. When when is the last time you've seen Prometheus though? Oh, not that long ago. I oh, mean, I, I should watch it again, but I don't know. Maybe no. I, I have good memories of that movie. I, it's just fine. It's, it's just silly. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. Don't don't watch it again. You can do better <laughs> things. There are hundreds of bad movies that you could better spend your time watching than Prometheus. All right. All right. Um, Fair but this is this is gonna be kind of separate from um, all that bullshit, and it's going to be directed by um, Fede Alvarez, who's the who's one of the Evil Dead directors. Um, he has also directed D Don't Breathe, which is a bunch of horror movies that I haven't seen. But yeah, it kind of feels like they might be going back to the slasher roots of Alien. All right, um, which would be really cool because I feel like. You know, once they made Aliens and then Hollywood saw the success of Terminator 2, like, every Alien movie since then has just been an action flick, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. And it would be really cool if it if it went back to the, the, the slasher kind of one alien in a space station or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so that's, um, you know, that's just starting pre-production, so that's a while off. But it's cool. Yeah. It's cool that something like that is in the works. 
yeah, I love Alien. I've always, I, I've, you know, I'm not like a, you know, mega simp fan or whatever. Like, I don't know all the trivia. I don't know, you know, the lore or anything like that. I, I just go to see fun sci-fi alien chomp on some, some, some marines. That's kind of why I'm, I'm around for Alien. Yeah. Um, totally. And I love the and original, look- obviously. It's like a masterpiece in my eyes. But, um, yeah, really cool. Yeah, 100%. First Alien is a masterpiece. And, like, Aliens, the second one, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, I talk a lot of shit about Prometheus, and it is an atrocious movie. Like, not a bad movie, <laughs> an atrocious movie. But, like, I have a real soft spot for Alien vs. Predator. You know, yeah. like, I fucking love that film. And, like, that film isn't great. But, no, like, yeah. it it, it just... I, I don't know. Like, I love Predator. I love Alien. It, it seems, like... It, it just seems like a match made in heaven, and, like, they made the movie, and it's just kind of schlocky but yeah. yeah i get a lot of joy from from watching that shit yeah alien vs predator seems like some of one of those like um fan head cannons or whatever that just like could never have existed but does totally totally and like i even watched alien vs predator 2 which is still a better movie than prometheus and that movie is hot garbage <laughs> I'm going to send you a photo of me watching Prometheus later. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, the only time I think I've been angrier at a movie was The Matrix, the, the like, fourth Matrix yeah, that came yeah, out that last year. Yeah. Oh, my God. It just, it just made me so furious. Because, like, they, you know, it's the original creators revisiting what is a much better film and like it feels like they're trying to cash in on like the original film's success in some way and it just feels icky and it's bad and i hate it (laughs) it makes me so bad you telling me a sequel's trying to cash in <laughs> oh my god! But you gotta understand, like the, <laughs> the Matrix and Alien is like the yeah. top of the pops. Like uh, I don't know, th- th- there's maybe like fifteen, twenty films that I would give five stars to, and the Matrix and Alien are among those fifteen. Like they're incredible. They're just gonna mm. be incredible until the day we die. And mm. like. It just sucks that, like, oh, especially in that recent Matrix film, like, they kept showing footage from the first film. And oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, dude, like, I've already seen this film. You And I, I, like, I know it's good. You don't have to, like, shove it down my throat. And, like, maybe this is going back to what we were talking about last week where you were just, like, let things die. Maybe this is my let things die version where, like, it's not a remake, but it's a sequel that just relies so heavily on the foundations of the first IP that, like, Mm. it may as well be a remake and a bad one at that. Yeah, I hate it when they drag stuff in like that. It's like a desecration. It's like they did it with um, Jurassic Park, that new one or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The um, Chris Pratt ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's the famous scene at the end of JP1 when the T-Rex does the big roar and the the Jurassic Park banner flies in front of him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Get this. In that Jurassic World or whatever the fuck, who cares what it's called? Chris Pratt, (laughs) or one of the main actors, picks up that banner, wraps it around a torch and lights it on fire. <laughs> and uses it as a light source for the for like the section that he walks through. Like, you can't be serious. You're literally like burning the flag of the old movie. Like do you guys not realize the like just 
how gross this is. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen those films, but they made a lot of money and they've got like heaps of sequels. So those, pro- excuse me, those producers are probably just sitting back like, oh, fuck yeah. How many more banners we got in that closet to burn? Yeah, Bring them out. Burn them all, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was, um, there's a new dinosaur movie coming out with um, uh, Adam Driver as the lead. Oh, yeah, 65? Yeah, 69 or whatever. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one looks... Dude, I don't know what it is about the props in that movie, but the gun looks like it's made out of, like, 3D-printed plastic. Like, it looks so light and, and floppy. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, it probably is. Yeah. Just put some weights in it, you know? If it's if it's hollow, <laughs> just put some weights in there. Adam Dude, Driver's think... a strong man. <laughs> yeah. You know he's ex-military? Yeah, mm. that's probably why it looks so light. <laughs> yeah, it's not that the gun is actually hollow. The guns, the gun's got weights in it. He's just shredded. Yeah, that's potentially true too. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. You put you oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> speaking speaking of desecrations, um, uh-huh. uh, we've got two. I've got two more bits of news here. Uh, let's do let's do the not desecration one first. We'll sort of you know reach around. To the, for the second desecration you, you, you wanna okay yeah so um <laughs> so yeah we got this this is the one that i actually mentioned a while ago when we were talking about like the doom and gloom of the uh microsoft stats oh yeah um and i said i'll mention it next week and then i just never did um and so here we are we come back i think two episodes late that's cool we've come full circle yeah um so this happened uh this this article's from the 22nd of feb so yeah, it has been a little while, mm-hmm. um, but it is the crypto gaming company Immutable, the one that is based in Melbourne, lays off eleven percent of its workforce. Um, so mm-hmm. they do the NFT trading card game called Gods Unchained. I believe I mentioned it in our uh, NFT episode or our totally blockchain yeah, episode, yeah. whatever the heck it was. Yeah. Um, so while the company took undertook a 20 staff redundancy in June, according to, uh, sorry, accounting for 6% of its workforce, it appears it wasn't enough to stave off financial pressures and need to maintain cash flow amidst the collapse of the crypto cryptocurrency market uh, collapse. Uh, next, uh, sorry, now the company is making further cuts, cuts with sweeping redundancies announced uh, Wednesday morning. Um, it'll be a resizing of the team, approximately, approximately 11%. Uh, so this is really weird to me because get this, this company was received, they received $200 million investment in early 2022. Wow. 200 million. What did they do with that money? I mean, they probably put it into crypto and then it <laughs> lost <crashed>. it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know, you know, like, I don't know. I, so it's a, um, Thai, uh, Temasek, I mean, a Singaporean, um, investment firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave them 200 million and apparently that's um a rather small accounting for the actual amount that they received i heard it's actually closer to 400 million but i can't confirm right um but they yeah they received this huge nest egg from temasek and um it's just weird that they you know they seem to have apart from the crash obviously you know if the if the the, the system on which your game is being built is crashing Surely that's not a good sign. Um, I, I but, mean, yeah, but that's like... 200 million, that's, Darian. That's so that's, much money. Most it, games it, get like 10 million max, you know, like... Yeah, and that's that's really sad. Um, but 
it's not like crypto is new, you know? Yeah. It's been yeah. volatile ever since its inception. And, like, if you're going to base your business on how well it's doing, because it is, right? Like, if crypto mm. is worth nothing, then that company is worth nothing. And, like, the $200 million they just funneled into crypto is also worth nothing. It's just... Yeah, I mean... You would think that there would be some, you know, like, whatever, CFO that's... Because this is fiat money. Like that, It's not saying that they got, you know, $200 million of Bitcoin, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. they got $200 right. million. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is like that. Maybe they actually got paid that money in some other form of, of transaction that wasn't actually... It says AU, though. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's I mean... strange to me that CFO wouldn't be like, hey, yeah, let's just diversify this. We can put some of this away. You know, we'll put this in like a, you know, a private equity fund or whatever. And the rest can go to the us, the big people at the top on the board. And then, you know, some of it gets set aside for the employees. And we're not actually, actually going to invest any of this in crypto. Like, this is just for the development of the company. Um I, oh it's strange to me that they'll be like, yeah, let's chuck it all on red. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, but that's like the whole business ethos, right? That it like, it, like it's about chucking it all on red. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like businesses like that have an out strategy. You know, they're yeah. like, chuck it all on red until we sell the company or we literally crash and burn. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, there's a little quote here from uh, Mr. Ferguson, the CEO of Immutable. He says, It is my belief, though these tough choices will strengthen... Uh, sorry, it is my belief, though, that these tough choices will strengthen Immutable's long-term posi position by protecting roadmap delivery and ensuring our category leadership. Ferguson reportedly told staff, we have unwavering conviction in the significant opportunity that we are ex executing against. And we all know that there is still so much innovation and transformation yet to come from Web3 gaming. Um, so, you know, there you go. Ugh. James Ferguson, yucky man. Yep, well, I'm dirty now. I'm dirty as fuck. <laughs> you saying... <laughs> Was that... You had two pieces of news. Was that like the comparatively good news? Uh, yeah, though. No, I mean, there's not. They're both not great. But look, the other <laughs> the other ones more of a personally not great. I mean, you can tell me what you think about it. Um, so, so the next piece of news is, I don't know if you saw it. There was this video by the Corridor Crew. You remember the Corridor Crew? They've been around on YouTube for a really long time. Like back in Castle right. Coburg days, I was showing you Corridor videos. Right they, and. I feel like they were kind of capitalizing on like homegrown talent for visual effects before anyone else. Totally. Yeah. They like kind of, they were there on ground zero, you know, when like YouTube was getting going. Mm -hmm. um, and so mm -hmm. they, they owe a lot of their success to that obviously, but they also are just, you know, impressive um, in that they've lasted this long and seem to have been able to grow a very successful business out of doing these videos. Um, right. I also think yeah. they're, they are just a visual effects house for various small projects. Like they will, they will do, you know, um, prop replacement, actor replacement, all that sort of stuff, set, set extensions for movies and TV shows that need them. Anyway. Right. Okay. Yeah. Look, so I, um, I have, previous I to this, they had my respect. <laughs> oh, oh, I was quite a fan of Corridor Crew. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So they did this video uh, entitled, Did We Just Change Animation Forever? And it's got 2.1 million views. Mm -hmm. and um it's a 23 minute long video and i would urge most people to still go watch it i think it's quite interesting 
Um, but basically what they do is they say, hey, you know, AI imaging is, is this thing where, you know, you can plug prompt in, you can even plug an image in and it will, it will adapt the image to that prompt. So he shows mm -hmm. like a photo of one of the guys from the corridor crew and then he applies the, it's basically like a filter to it that changes it to the style of his animation. Mm -hmm. And then they say, hey, you know, that's, that's, that's fine and good. But when we try and do it on video footage, it gets really stuttery and really like glitchy looking because it's trying to like adapt to a bunch of different source materials. If you type in anime, it's just like, well, all anime, you mean? Every anime ever? And so <laughs> right. it just like gives you like, you know, waifu face followed by, you know, whatever. So it's really hard to like nail down this particular style of um, AI uh, to video. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they mentioned it's got something to do with the way the noise is interpreted interpreted by the AI. And so someone out, out there on the internet found a way to stabilize the noise using the same noise pattern for every frame instead of adapting it on each and every frame. And so you get a, a rid of a lot of that weird jittering. Um, mm -hmm. It's still pretty bad. And so they, they, they were like, okay, we took that and we added our own step in the process and we, we further tried to denoise the process and stabilize the image and have wound up with what we think is like um, a video footage to anime process. And so they're mm -hmm. like, you know, animation is this thing that's always been like fairly inaccessible and hard for people to, you know, make anything in, you know, as an individual or as a small studio. It's like, if you actually want to make an anime, an anime series, you need to hire a team of expensive animators. And it's kind of, you know, the game of animation is limited to like, you know, Disney and Pixar and these big, mm -hmm. big studios. So we're trying to democratize animation is the line that they used. Mm -hmm. um so in in this process we basically took this movie vampire hunters bloodline d i think is what it's called or vampire hunter d bloodline um right. and we use that as our training material for this um anime short that we made which is like a rock paper scissors but super stylized anime video um, okay and and yeah and uh, and they make it and they also use a bunch of their vfx know-how to sort of brush it up and add some cool audio to it and it's you know it's it's a, it's a video it's like an, it looks like an anime um it's obviously got all of the horrendous hallmarks of ai you know like mm -hmm. the teeth are gross the fingers are horrifying you're doing a video about <laughs> rock paper scissors and your fingers look like meat meat hooks oh um, jesus yeah and so there's that the style is still you know it's based off of another ip you know an ip that they don't own <laughs> mm -hmm. um they trade the images on a pre-existing movie that you know that they had no part in creating and mm -hmm. um it's just it, it it really just like got my goat because the title of the video had this huge presumptive and i know it's clickbait um but just saying did we just change animation forever really riled me up <laughs> it was like no 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 you you made a filter with ai and then you stole a movie style <laughs> and then you put a, a novel concept uh, underwriting the whole thing to like give it kick and give it propulsion it's just like bro you've not changed animation forever it's really you've really just done a fancy instagram filter oh my god dude they got you with the rage bait they got me with the rage bait. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. And maybe, you know, if you what if you're listening, go and give it a watch and see what you think yourself, whether or not this is egregious, but it's been, you know, uh, much discussed over the last little while on, you know, various YouTube channels and Twitter accounts talking about how, you know, this is good. It's amazing. I'm so glad that now anyone can do animation. Um, <laughs> 
and other people being like, no, 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 that you, anyone's been able to animate. All they have to do is learn it. Like it's always been democratized. All you need is pencil and paper and you can, you can do animation. Um, obviously if you want to do anything good, you got to practice. That's how it works. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. Yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like this is what we talked about in that AI episode where it's like, you know, replace animation with writing or art or artistry or whatever yeah. but it's just like tech bros being like man hiring all those writers is really expensive right if you want a show that's well written it's so expensive but yeah. now you can do this instead and it's like well can you or is it just like some shitty simulacrum that isn't even close to good writing you know like it's got good sentence structure but that's like one tiny aspect of what makes good writing good writing. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, that, that title is fucked for sure. Totally yeah. uh, share your um, irascibility when it comes to that. But yeah, it just, I mean, it, yeah, it, it just screams tech bro to me. And like, if I were a tech bro and I'm looking at AI, like all I see is like dollar signs. So... Yeah. Hell yeah, I've changed the face of animation. You know? <laughs> like, if I put myself in in their shoes, like it makes sense. But there's there's zero integrity to be found in their shoes. Yeah, yeah, it's just quite strange. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, so, so that the whole thrust of I, I guess part of their point is that now, like with this process, you can you know take a a phone and film yourself and turn yourself into anime. But mm -hmm. the like, that's it's not it's not anime, and it's also like relying on on the theft of something, which really is not good. But but mm. I, I mean, even if you it does get to the point where it's able to be, um, like it, say they come up with a way to train the AI on fully open source, you know, anime style or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. some some artist out there creates a library, and it's like here you can have this; it's free, and it just does does the job. Mm -hmm. um, it's still not animation, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it, it technically, because it's, you know, frames moving after one another, giving the illusion of motion, it's, mm -hmm. it's animation in like the definitional sense, but there's mm -hmm. this thing in animation where it's like process and knowing how things actually move is like part of creating that illusion of things moving. And mm -hmm. so like, you know, there's, there's, I think I might've talked about it in the animation episode, but there's principles in animation and one of them is spacing and timing. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're basing your um, anime off of video footage, you inherently lose out on a lot of the reason what that makes anime, um, you know, interesting and mm. cool to watch. It's because of the really crunchy and like broad spacing and timing, you know, like they have this thing mm. in anime called sticky punches, you know, like you've, if you've ever seen like Goku punch cell in the guts and it like freezes for a little bit and then cell flies <laughs> up into like hits the rocks. It's yeah, like that yeah. moment where like the footage freezes and like that was invented by like anime animators, you know, <laughs> like this mm. stuff, this stuff is like, you know, sacred and like comes from like a, a history. And like, if you just film some video and put a, a filter on it and call it, you know, changing animation forever it's just it's it's like such a piss in the face <laughs> because it, it just like completely ignores all of that it's like yeah yeah no it looks it looks and sounds like anime but it is it no it's not it's not really but the problem and, and this is kind of where it, like the, the rubber hits a road a little, the road a little bit for me is because like a lot of folks are like yeah this is badass this is cool like this looks great 
And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe it's, it's the equivalent of like, you know, fine artist going to like a museum and like extolling the virtues of the painting. That's just like, you know, white paint on a canvas and being like, wow, isn't it beautiful? And like most people being like, no, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. It's like only animators or artists seem to really care about like the actual quality of, of things. Um, and like most folks are just like happy to have a, a funny scissors, paper, rock video. Right. Well, I think that's um, that's kind of key. I mean, you hit a couple of points, right? Like one of them was invention when it comes to sticky punches. Like that's not what AI is about. AI is like from what we can see and how it currently works, it's never going to invent anything because all it does is imitate. Um, and, and that's like already a strike against it when it comes to like the artistry of people working together to create something. Yeah. Um, but... Oh no, I forgot what I was going to say. It was, <laughs> like this, two points. <laughs> it was like this amazing point. It was going to bring everything in. Yeah. It was going to make me sound so eloquent and amazing. <laughs> but I think you, what you just mentioned is actually one of the reasons why I think it's really weird for the future. Like mm. if, if it is all derivative and all you are basing it on is past works, we get to this point where there's no past works to base things on, right? You've used The Lion King. You've used you know, Akira, mm. you've used Totoro, you've used everything, you know, all of the great pieces have been stolen and pillaged and had pieces created from them. And now all you've got left to pillage is the stuff mm. that's already been pillaged, you know, all the stuff that's like right. a result of the pillaging. And so you end up with this like incest <laughs> where it's like, you know, the AI is pulling on stuff that other AI has made. And what does it become then? You know, what does that look like? If your training data is inherently bereft of creativity, it's like, what do you get? You, like, I mean, shout out to the Nine Inch Nails song, Copy Over, Copy Over, because that's yeah, exactly what that's this it. is about. Um, but I remembered my fucking point. Let's and my point, my point was that they've they've struck on a million dollar idea, right? Like these Corridor Digital people. And I don't know if they've already done it. Um, because when tech bros look at AI and they see dollar signs, like they need to translate in that into an idea that makes them money. And Corridor Digital have done it, right? So if you you go back a couple of years and you look at those filters that like made you old or made you young or made yeah. your gender change, they made millions of dollars. And so if you've got an app where you can record a five second clip of yourself, like doing a Fortnite dance or whatever, and then that app can change it into anime animation, there's your there's your dollar signs. You know yeah. that that's yeah. what you get. So like the if the title of the video was we've worked out how to make millions of dollars preying on people's vanity. <laughs> well, Amazing. That's TikTok. that's TikTok. You've just made TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like if you can create create a filter and sell yeah. that filter, like that's that's where the money is. I like I would like to think and also hope that this doesn't really mean anything for animation. Mm. Um you know, th this is literally just going to be another filter adjacent product that in a couple of years, no one will even remember. Yeah. I mean, I think from, it's really weird because it sort of flies in the face of the um, thesis point from these guys is it's like, yeah, now everyone can do it. But I think in actual fact, if you're going to be wanting to use, let's say, let's just take Disney, you know, like any Disney property to train your AI I feel mm. like over the next little while, it's going to be hard to detect, detect but if, if I have faith in anyone's lawyers, I have faith in Disney's lawyers <laughs> to like, track down and like, you know, 
copyright strike and you know not remove from the internet but for forcibly remove the ability to people make mo to make money from anything trained on disney style stuff sure yeah. um so it will become the point where it's like you know the only good ai generated stuff using that even that just saying that it's good at all is pretty hard but um <laughs> will be based on internal training data you know it's like all disney has all of this stuff right they have all of these animated videos and they must be in talks with like people who are doing this diffusion based ai animation work to come up with a way to make animations cheaper mm. through the use of ai and they they don't have the problem of being like oh we need to steal data sets in order to make you know valid looking videos we actually have everything you know like we own all of this stuff we have the rights to it and mm. so like their training data is actually like you know, fine, they can use whatever they want and it's going to turn out exactly how they want it to look. And mm. so that's where it becomes like a little bit murky. But, you know, and like I said, that flies in the face of like, uh, democratize animation, animations for everyone. It's like, mm. no, no, the people who are going to make the most money out of this are the ones who are already making money hand over fist right. um, doing this stuff. So it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's quite strange that they would bring that up. Anyway, so, so yeah, that's, uh, that's a big topic. Um, and it's pretty sad, <laughs> but I still yeah. have faith, you know, I, I, I think I, I have faith in like most people to, it, it's like, um, in the future, they always, or like in sci-fi shows, they're like, oh, you have a real toy or a real tree or a real pet. It's like, yeah, my, my pet's real. I've got one of the last dogs ever. And it becomes really, <laughs> really valuable. Like in Blade Runner, they talk about like real trees and stuff uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or real, real pets. And it's like. I think it's going to be kind of the same with media. It'll be like, oh, you actually have a movie that was made by people? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah. hopefully that's kind of the that's, that's best case scenario for me, I guess. Yep. Every minute we edge closer to entropy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, guess what? To avoid that? ending the podcast on a note like that, we've got an email <laughs> to read. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read an email uh, that we got recently from none other than the Twilight Priest. Excellent. He says, hello, boys. Hello. Uh, just got done with the Cozy Games episode and thoroughly enjoyed it. Doom and gloom openings and all. This is really lovely to hear because at least one person made it through the news gauntlet. Um, which is insane, but I'm really glad. Yeah, if it was anyone, it would be Twilight Priest. <laughs> so he continues. I agree entirely with the closing thoughts you guys had regarding the subjectivity of cozy games. While obviously games such as Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley are designed to be cozy and will present themselves as such to the majority of players who happen to pick them up, I personally also find that cozy games often comes from familiarity. Mm. As such, my go-to games are often the Dark Souls games. Yep. Uh, I've spent so much time with all of the games in that series and jumping into those worlds and their signature dodge block attack mechanics are not only familiar at this point, but almost cathartic in a way. Mm. 
Dark Souls 1 was always my go-to, but I was very disappointed when the remastered version was released. And at least on the PS5, the ability to simultaneously play Spotify through the console was removed. Oh, Dude, same for PS4. Drove me fucking up the wall. And uh, yeah, that would... I, I would end up playing other FromSoft games because you couldn't play Spotify through wow. them. Okay, that's really interesting. So is that like a hallmark for you to be able to listen to music? Do you listen to podcasts or music? Uh, music. Okay, so you don't listen to the game music, you listen to your own playlist of music while playing through the dark, and that's part of the cozy experience for you? Um, yeah, well, especially, like, if Phoebe is in the room and I'm playing, like, <laughs> Dark Souls for the 40 millionth time. Oh, yeah. You like don't want to hear fucking... Yeah, it's... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, yeah. I know all the sounds, and I know the soundtrack fucking rules, but I've heard it 40 million times, so, like, yeah. it's yeah. really nice just to just to pump some other tunes. Um, and yeah, so the way, from what I could tell, the remaster for PlayStation consoles treats the entire game as like a cutscene. And you know how PlayStation has that weird thing where like you can't record footage, uh, Uh, during certain cutscenes for some reason. Um, it stops you from, um, simultaneously running other apps like Spotify over the top. And so... Because of some weird coding thing, I assume, uh, the console thinks the entirety of Dark Souls Remastered is like this uninterruptible cutscene. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, um, that sucks. Yeah, so... Wow. Uh, anyway, Twilight Priest continues. Uh, however, just last week when these cozy urges started to manifest, I was able to boot up Elden Ring, turn off the game music, and play some chill lo-fi beats in its place and simply set off exploring the lands between without any intention of following the game's story path. And this is this is something I love to see. You know, this is kind of like you with Death Stranding when you've just kind of, like, played a game before or you've 100%ed it and you're really just, like, you know, what we talked about. You're playing the game just to be there yeah. or just because you like certain elements of it. And I think... I think that's, like, a very special thing about media. You know, it's the same with music and movies and TV or whatever, where you've seen something, like, a million times and you just want to watch it again. Like, it feels good and you're not wasting time because you're getting enjoyment out of it. And I just think that's great to see. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. There's, like, um, especially in that first area in Death Stranding, it's, like so well curated the environment and i was just walking through it last night being like i love this area i love this game <laughs> i love being here <laughs> yeah that, that feeling of being like i want to go back there um is is, is a good one i like that that's great uh after this experience i would like to suggest that in my opinion any game that features an intricately crafted world without any compulsory story progression or minimal story progression, can be considered a cozy game to the mm. right player. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, I think, like, in intric- intricately crafted world or, like, world where you just can realise a sense of immersion, I think that's a big part of it for sure. Yep. Uh, Darian mentioned Breath of the Wild and Hollow Knight that fit this idea as well as Elden Ring and Skyrim. They are all games that, while it is not necessarily their intended purpose, allow a player to simply exist within the worlds that they have created. Keep up the good work, boys, your friend, Twilight Priest. Excellent points. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I would love to go back to Skyrim at some point and just be like, load that bad boy up on mods and just traipse around picking flowers. Like that, that sounds really fun. Yeah, I think, I think if I could like stay over at someone's house or recreate the share house feeling, <sighs> I would love to play Skyrim because I only, I've only played it for two hours. Yeah. You know, you were doing that permadeath thing and I was yeah. like, I'm going to do that too. And then I died after two hours and I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> yep, that's all we need to see. Yeah, I, th I think that's a pretty valid way to experience Skyrim, to be honest. Yeah, um, it was fun. It was fun yeah. while it lasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun while it lasted. Um, Just like this podcast, yeah. <laughs> one year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Happy one year, everyone. Should we, This is a bit of a weird question, but should we start saying at the start of the episode, hey, we're a, a, a podcast about this? Because every other podcast I listen to does that. <laughs> Instead, we just launch into it. I kind of like that too, though. What do you I like it. I mean, I like the launch. I got to say, I don't listen to any podcasts that that do, do that. that. Yeah, right. All the all the podcasts I listen to are, are, are launch appropriate. Um, yeah. They they are more of the like you feel like you're hanging out though. Right. You know, yeah. like, maybe we try I, to maintain that vibe. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to Smartless with no. Will Arnett and Jason Bateman. Amazing podcast. The fucking guests they get on there just outrageous. Um, but it's sick. They just like vamp for the first like 10, 15 minutes while the guest is like silently waiting and then they introduce the guest and mm. it's just like very funny, you know, it just kind of brings in the hanging out with a couple of beers vibes. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think that's probably the way to go. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way my brain works for, for some reason now, I guess. Oh, jeez. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to keep going. I feel like, you know, as long as we enjoy making um, these podcasts, we'll keep doing them. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's no shortage of topics as we, every single episode seemed to be like, oh, that'd be a good topic. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, and there's, there's also like heaps on the dock that we're just yet to get to. So, you know, there's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it. we we have the material. It's just yeah, let's just keep keep going as long as it's fun. Yeah, for real. All right. Well, on that note, we hope you'll have a lovely weekend, and we'll see you when it's almost the weekend again. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.